We're continuing on in this series, Strength in Community. And I said that today we're going to be talking about that last bit that we talked about last week where we said, hey, God is, you know, there are so many ways that we can connect with God. We talked about some of those really important bits, the spending time together. And we talked about how um, the way that we show love back to God is in loving others. Remember, Jesus told us, if you love me, you do that through that root command that you love one another. And so I promised you today that I would walk through a little bit of how that looks. So I'm good on my promise. Here we are. Today we are going to talk about forging friendships. And let's start um, at our our key verse here in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Um, We have this example of this beautiful community in, in the Acts church, and it said, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So they were meeting in the temple. They were meeting in their homes. They were coming together with purpose. Remember, they were refreshing each other in that sweet friendship. Remember that sweet friendship that refreshes the soul. And so we see this community that really gathers regularly to be revitalized and to go revitalize, right? All right, so today we're talking about forging friendship. And there, there are two kind of uh, definitions when you say forging, right? So I don't know, maybe this is one of those like funky internet tests where if your brain said this, then you're like this. But if your brain said, nah, we'll, we'll just skip on over that and we'll go, maybe you just heard one recently more than the other. Okay, so two real definitions of forging, right? The first one, I, you know, say I forged my signature or I forged a check. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> All right, anybody else forge a signature in high school? You, you wanted to go on that field trip? No, nobody did. I know, none of us did. None of us did. Online, if you did, you know, just, we, you know, repent, you're forgiven. <laughs> I never did, Mom, I promise. Um, so forging as in the sense of faking, right? Well, I think that we can kind of think of this term forging friendships, and has anyone experienced a forged friendship. I think that we've all kind of been there. We've all experienced that forged, faked friendship. That is not the friendship we are talking about today. Good news. So we'll take this forged friendship and we're just going to kind of throw it away. The kind of friendship that I'm talking about, that forged friendship, is like when you think about metal. When you forge metal, you're really, you're taking something, you're putting it in a very specific and intentional circumstance. You're giving it attention. You're putting heat and pressure on it to shape it into a desired result. So when we're talking about forging our friendships, these aren't things that just happen. We don't find friendship. Friendship doesn't like fall into your lap, not the kind that really lasts. When we're talking about the kind of friendship that refreshes the soul, that is forged, just like metal and fire. It's put in a specific, intentional circumstance, and it's developed 
to become exactly what God intended it to be. That's the kind of friendships that we're going after. Amen? Amen. All right. Me too. So I really hope that that's the one you guys are going after because I don't want any other forged friendships. (laughs) All right. So these friendships, they're not faked. They're created under specific, intentional circumstances to take desired shape, just so we're clear on that. So why do we need these kinds of friendship, and why do we need to be these kinds of friends? We talked a little bit last week about kind of what we've seen over the last several years in this epidemic of loneliness and seeing you know, the, the rise in things like anxiety and depression, and we're, we're seeing these things happen. It's nothing new, but we're seeing the rise in our society as we become more and more isolated. Now, Jesus was really clear, and even before Jesus, God was really clear that friendship is massively important in just the way that we're created and designed. So with this, we want to look at four pillars of biblical friendship. So we're going to take a look at four pillars of biblical friendship. All right, so the first one, you guys ready? Connection and emotional nourishment. Connection and emotional nourishment. Proverbs 27, verse 7 says, A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. All right, so you go to the store and you're hungry. What do you buy? Everything. Do you take a little bit longer in the produce aisle or the junk food aisle? The junk food aisle, right? If I'm hungry, I'm craving those things that don't necessarily nourish. I want those things that satisfy instantly, right? Our soul is really no different. When we're, th- you ready for it? When we're thirsty, you feeling a little thirsty? No, you need to satisfy with those things that fill you up and nourish. A good, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul, right? So instead of allowing ourselves to become isolated and get a little thirsty, whether it be thirsty for attention, thirsty for affection, thirsty for the accolades, thirsty for fame, thirsty for whatever those things that don't really nourish us emotionally, but when we look at the word, it says, hey, listen, just we'll go back to Proverbs 27, verse 9, just as lotions and fragrance gives sensual delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. When we're satisfied by the relationships around us, when we're filled up and and emotionally healthy because of those relationships that we're a part of, then we're not out looking for attention and affection and all of those things that might feel good for a moment, but then really they bring death. Think about like, you know, you're, you've been a little bit lonely and all of a sudden, you know, um, I'm not going to say Karen because we have a rule in our house. There is no Karen. <laughs> there's, there's no Karen in our house. Um, we'll say um, Janet, okay? Janet is over by the water cooler and she's talking about uh, Susie Q. Now, if I'm feeling a little thirsty, I want a little attention, I want to fit in because I'm not feeling satisfied, I might be more prone to go listen in on the gossip, right? If I'm feeling a little thirsty, 
I might be going to, you know, put on, uh, this is not happening because thank Jesus, uh, social media was not so big when I was in high school. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, you're thinking about like <laughs> these times where, where teenage girls are thinking, okay, I've got to like get the bikini on and go on uh, social media, something like that. You're looking for that attention, right? Because you're not satisfied. So good friendships bring that emotional nourishment to help keep us safe. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Amen. Who brings that good word? Our friends, right? Those people who are around us. So we're staving off things like anxiety and depression and bringing healing into our hearts by the good words of those people who are in our lives. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3-4 through 4, says, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. So in coming together, I have relationship and fellowship with God and with Jesus Christ, and I have fellowship with you. And then it's kind of all coming together, and all of a sudden, we're all satisfied, we're all together, and we all have full joy. I think about my oldest daughter, and when, especially when she was really little, like if she tasted something or, or had something that she enjoyed, it wasn't ever like fully satisfying until she was able to share it. So if she had like a cookie, like, Mom, taste my cookie. It's so good. Mom, taste the goldfish. It's so good. Mom, play with the toy. It's so fun. None of it was fun enough or tasty enough or anything enough until she shared it. It was sharing in that joy that made it full. Our relationship with Jesus is the same. It's full when we're able to share it with others. That joy is full when we're able to share it together. All right, so first, connection and emotional nourishment. The next pillar, protection and reward. Now, these two sound different, but they're really two things on the same coin, two sides of the same coin. In a class, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, 9 through 12 <laughs> really uh, makes the best picture of this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So we see both. We see the, the protection, the safety that comes in being together, but also the reward. The, the, when we work together, the reward is greater. When we stay together, we're protected from those things that might come against us. And notice that it says, two's good, three's better. Always bringing more in. If we keep um, on this idea of protection in Proverbs 24, verse 6, it says, For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors 
There is victory. When we want victory, we have both. We have the, the safety net of wise counsel and the reward of victory when we work together. This morning, I'm getting dressed, and we won't go over how many outfits it took to get to, okay, this works. But I'm asking my oldest daughter and my middle daughter and my husband because, hey, there's safety in wise counsel, in an abundance of counselors. We have to surround ourselves with those people that are going to not only encourage us, but speak the truth to us, right? Because you didn't want to see option number one. All right. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matt was up this morning. I didn't share any of my notes with him. By the way, that was my husband, Matt. Didn't he look so handsome? <laughs> I thought so too. Um, don't think too much about that. Um, <laughs> but he shared this this morning as well. And not only do we have this reward Right, that when we come together, God, God so wants us to have relationship that he said, hey, if you'll have relationship, I'm going to honor that by promising whatever you ask together in unity, in my name, I'm going to honor it, I'm going to do it, and beyond that, I'm going to be right there with you. Come on, somebody, if that's not reward, I don't know what is. All right, so we've got protection and reward. Pillar three growth, and healing. And again, just like our physical bodies, as we grow, sometimes things get a little out of whack and we need some healing. That healing can be part of our growth. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Forging that friendship. We're forging one another into what we were made and designed to be. We can't do that alone. We sharpen each other. Proverbs 27, verses 5 through 6. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. And you think about this, so often we can have... Um, you know those people in our lives that may love us, but you don't always see the fruit of that love. You may not always see the action of that love. Maybe that love is a little bit more on the feeling side than the doing side. It says open rebuke, open correction is better than that love. Even though there's a feeling of love, it isn't, it isn't bringing growth. It isn't helping me grow. So that open rebuke is actually better says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Man, I don't need somebody telling me that I'm doing something great if I'm not. I need to grow. I want to get better in this life. I want to be able to do things that I can't do today, tomorrow. And I'm not going to be able to do all of those things if I don't have people in my life who love me enough to get into that, remember, time-consuming messiness of real relationship. I think about like a personal trainer 
right? When you go to the gym, do you want to do everything that that personal trainer tells you to do? (laughs) All right, we... (laughs) No, 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 because it hurts, right? Anybody else? It hurts. Sometimes growth can hurt. And here's why. When you're building muscle, you're actually, like, there's a tearing that happens. It tears, and then as it rebuilds, it grows stronger. It grows bigger. Our character is very similar to that. Sometimes it takes a little tearing, a little ouch, a little, oh, I really didn't want to hear that. But then we grow. We're stronger. Our character has, has become better. Let's take a look at James chapter 5, verse 16. Um, and in the Amplified here, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So when we come to each other, God says, yes, I am your healer, but guess what? I want other people around you and with you. That's part of the equation. Go confess your sins to each other. Be able to grow. Be able to repent. Be able to get this stuff cleaned up. And then healing's going to come. What's what's the, the situation, right? We're talking about forging friendships, developing these specific circumstances. So when we're talking about healing, there's a specific circumstance that God is laying out. He says, In the circumstance of you going to your friends, you going to the people you can trust and confessing your sins, then healing and restoration can come for our bodies, for our spirits, for our souls, for our minds. That's coming, he says right here, in the the situation, in the circumstance of those friendships. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. All right. Pillar number four, to show the world the love of Jesus. So we have these four pillars, right? So these are kind of like, almost like the big purposes of friendship in our lives. So connection and emotional nourishment, protection and reward, growth and healing, and then to show the world the love of Jesus. There's a good purpose for these friendships, All right, John 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know you are my disciples. Like, I want people to know I'm a disciple without me having to go blare it in their face. I teach teach English. We all know this. So what do I tell my students? Don't tell in your writing. Show in your writing. It's much more interesting. Okay? It's the same here. We can tell but it doesn't really hold water unless we can show it. And here's how we show it, if you have love for one another. We want to show people the love of Jesus. Luke 10, verses 1 through 2. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of him, two by two, 
into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So how did God send them out? Two by two, right? Yeah, open screen test. Two by two. Yeah, so from the very beginning, he says, hey, I'm not sending you out by yourselves. Find a partner. Go on out together. When you do, is two enough? No. No. He says, go out two by two and and pray for more. Look, we go out two by two. Yes, we have friends, but it's not just for us. It's not just for our sake. We're always looking to bring in. Community brings in. And that, in how we love one another, shows the love of Jesus to our communities, to the world. All right, so we've got, we've got it rock solid on our purposes and pillars of friendship, right? Yeah. Everybody feel pretty good here? Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, now I'm about to pull a Pastor Jordan. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have six keys. <laughs> I have six keys to forge your friendship. All right, here we go. I'm pulling up my, my teaching sleeves now. We can do this. Okay, first key, pray. You have to pray. You have to ask God, who are those friends that you need me to seek out? You've got to ask God to bring those friends in, and you've got to ask God to make you a friend. Build up those friend muscles. You guys mind if I share a little story? Okay. I have to decide on how much detail I can give here so I don't get in trouble with anybody. (laughs) Okay, so years and years ago, um, some very close friends of Matt and I had moved across the country, and if I can be totally honest, we were a little bit gutted. Like, we were really missing these friends. Our kids missed their friends. We missed our friends. And um, it was coming up on January, and every year we go away, and we take like a day or two, and we just pray. We pray about what God wants us to focus on that year. We pray about the roles that we're supposed to be, you know, giving our most attention to. We pray about, um, you know, kind of just things that are coming up. And usually we'll go and we'll take some time apart and then we'll come together and talk about it. Well, background before that, there was a particular person, an acquaintance that we knew, um, that had kind of come into our lives. He had been around for a little while, um, but we weren't super close. And I had suggested to my husband, like, hey, I don't know that this guy has any super close friends, and it seems like you guys might might get along. And he looks at me and he just goes, nah. (laughs) Nope. No, we have nothing in common. And I was like, well, you play guitar. It's like, that's it. So we go off (laughs) and we take days praying and we haven't like, you know, prepped like, hey, let's pray about this and let's pray about that. It's just we go off and we talk to the Lord and we come back and we say, this is what I heard. So we both come back and lo and behold, both of us heard from the Lord, number one, you need to focus on friendship. Number two, you both need to pursue this couple as friends. And we were like, what? We have kids, they don't have kids, they don't want to have kids, we are not alike. Okay, Lord. So, very awkwardly, we say, hey, do you want to go out? 
you want to go do something together? And we went out, and we didn't have a ton in common yet. But it was okay. Nobody, like, you know, lost a limb. It was okay. <laughs> and then they invited us over, and we went over. And, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. We had some fun. And then we just kind of, like, kept doing that and figuring out, like, what do they like? How can I bless them? How can I learn from them? What are they good at that I can kind of figure out? What can I share with them? And like over this process of time and a few really awkward moments, we like suddenly had best friends that became the best friends that we've had in our adult life. Now, at the moment, had you told me, hey, these people are going to be your best friends, and when you go through things that you thought would crush you, like they're going to be the ones that are there when your car breaks down in Lansing, they're going to drive out and get you. You know, when your kids are sick, they're going to help take care. Like all of those things, I never in the world would have guessed that those would be the people that would be so close and, and, and provide so much strength to us. But God knew. But God knew. We have to be able to pray. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I had no idea the friend that I needed. But God did. And in, in praying for that and asking for that and then following what God said to do and continuing to pray for my friends, the Lord provided something that became so much more than I ever could have even asked for. I had no idea what to ask for. But you do the little, right? You ask a little, and you do what he says, and then you ask a little more. And the Lord is so gracious and so good to provide exactly what we need, and then to use us to become that for others. So pray for your friends. Number two, be friendly and loyal. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Listen, to have any level of friendship with anybody, you have to actually be friendly. Okay? Like, if you weren't sure about that, <laughs> you can't walk around making fun of people and, and giving dirty looks and have friends. It just doesn't work. Not real friends. You might get that other type of forged friend, okay? We're not looking for fake friends. We're looking for real developed friends. You have to be friendly. But beyond that, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. If you want the type of friendship that is deep and meaningful and will change your life and the world, you've got to be loyal. You've got to be willing to stick through the mess because there will be mess. We are all humans, and, and okay, we'll just do, uh, close your eyes and raise your hand if you've ever had mess in your life. Okay, I cheated, I cheated, but some of you all, y'all need to talk to Jesus because I know that there's more mess in this room. <laughs> but I love you all in all your mess. All right, James uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. <gasps> oh. Okay. I'm not naturally slow to speak. I'm in process. 
I'm not naturally quick to listen. I'm in process. But here, here's what the, what the Lord says. To be this type of person that has these types of friends, we really need to take the time to be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry. It is so countercultural right now. But it is what we've got to do. I think of um, this old Reliant K song. <laughs> and uh, it's, opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong. You know, when, when we're so stuck on our opinions, we can like push out everything that everyone else is saying so that we never have to be corrected, so that we never have to hear another viewpoint. Well, that's my opinion. That's my truth. Well, I don't care what you say. This is what I think. That doesn't make for good friends. We have to be open to what other people are saying. We have to be open to hearing even those things that are hard to hear, to be able to receive and understand and really know other people. Romans 12, verses 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Oof. Man, if we're going to compare, if we're going to compete, that's where it's at. I'm going to love you better than you can ever love me. That's the one thing I'm going to try to make sure I'm always better at than you. I'm going to always honor you more than I honor me. All right. You ready for number three? We got a cruise here, huh? Make time for your friends. Okay. This one's a little bit tough because, you know, we are busy people. We have lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. But communication study professor Jeffrey Hall did actually a few different studies. And in these, he found that it takes 40 to 60 hours to move from an acquaintance to a casual friend. It takes 80 to 100 hours to move from, like, that casual friend to, like, a real friend. And it takes two hundred hours of meaningful time to move into that best friend status. And that's like leisure time. That's like time that you chose to be together. Like there were coworkers that spent like 600 hours together that still weren't friends. It's that time that you choose to be together, not trying to achieve a specific task, but just spending time together. It can't be rushed. There's no McDonald's for friendship. Thank goodness. I mean, that might be in that forged side of things. There's a lot of fake things that go on there, right? But, but no, in that real deep friendship, there is nothing that takes that place or speeds that up artificially. We have to take the time. 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verse 8 through 10 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay. <laughs> He's not in the room, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I love you, Matt. A few weeks ago, <laughs> about noon, he says, Hey, you remember when you said we should invite that couple over like three weeks ago? Vaguely. And you said that I should text him? Well, I actually did, and they said yes, and they'll be here at 4 o'clock. 
dirty house, dirty kids, no food. We will make it work. And I'm thinking of this, so without grumbling. <laughs> but here's the thing. We are real people, and we have real mess. And, and honestly, he could have given me a month's notice, and that day I still would have been like, oh my gosh, I have to clean everything. But here's the reality of it is we're real people. When I walk into somebody's home and they haven't taken care of everything, I don't walk out the door. I go, oh, I must be like a real friend because they let me see the clothes left out. <laughs> really, really, when, we, when we're welcoming other people, and I'm not saying that we all have to be slobs, but I'm saying we don't have to be so concerned with the perfectionism, but really just without grumbling, be hospitable to one another, invite each other into our homes, into our spaces, have time to go out to, you know, coffee without having to put the whole works on, without, you know, having to ask every member of the house if your outfit looks okay. <laughs> yeah. We have the ability to love one another well without being perfect. So we can show hospitality without grumbling. Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother was born for adversity. Loves at all times. If we're going to make the time, here's the thing, as a friend, it might not always be convenient. It's at all times, though. My friendship doesn't start at 5 o'clock and end at 8 o'clock. My friendship is 24-7. It's always there, and it's always available. And I might not be able to make it to every single thing, I don't have to put pressure on myself that isn't due, but I'm always available in my, in, my, um, in my response and in my care for my friends. All right, number four, encourage and build each other up. Hebrews 10, verse 24 through 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. When we're together, what are we talking about? What, what are we encouraging one another? What, what's coming out of our mouth? Is it just concern over politics or the economy? Is it just grumbling about what's going on at work? Or are we encouraging one another? Are we, are we saying, hey, what's God doing in that? Or hey, what did God promise? Or hey, tell me about um, you know, any struggles that you're having and let me pray for you. We need to make sure that church doesn't happen here. We are church, okay? And the word of God and the spirit of God goes with us in every one of those relationships. So what comes out of our mouth needs to reflect that in our conversations. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I know you're doing it. You guys are amazing. I have conversations with so many of you that I walk away so encouraged. I know you're doing it. Keep doing it. All right, number five, provide and receive correction for growth. Oh, this is that icky one. But it's really not. It's really not. If we can posture ourselves and ready ourselves for that, it really is probably the key friendship 
piece that I think has been most rewarding from my life. When I know that a friend is willing to like X, Y, Z, right? Examine your zipper. Like when they're like, hey, that is not pretty. Like I know that you're my friend when you're willing to call me out. Okay, Proverbs 27 verses five through six says, um, better is, oh, we read this. Um, Let me go on by. Um, Ephesians, I'm sorry. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. So we know that those, um, sorry, we know that open rebuke is better, right? We know that that open rebuke is gonna bring us growth and healing. We know that iron sharpens iron. How do we do that? We do that Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 style, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined in it together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Listen, we have to all be willing to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions to bring correction to one another, to say, hey, there's spinach in your teeth. Right? That, that character spinach in our teeth. We want to be able to love and guide one another in love to all together grow and strengthen. Okay, and if you're, um, you know, on the other side of this, just a little encouragement. Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. It's clear, guys. Don't be stupid. Receive correction and let's grow. All right. And then after I've said that, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll move on to number six. Be quick to forgive. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, verse 32. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. You got those walls up? Let them come down. Be tenderhearted. We're not hard-hearted towards one another. We forgive one another quickly. As God in Christ forgave you, we have the ultimate example of friendship in Jesus. That when he was absolutely perfect and did nothing bad towards us, nothing to receive the sin, nothing to deserve the sin that we had, um, that we had done, he took that on in love for us, right? He says that greater love has none than than this, but to lay down your life for a friend. So thankfully, I don't have to lay my life down to forgive my friend. I might have to lay my ego down. I might have to lay some pride down. I might have to lay some hurt down. But if, if Jesus can lay his life down, to forgive me, then certainly that's the least I can do to forgive a friend. This morning, if you're listening and you have not received that kind of forgiveness and you're ready to receive the forgiveness of Jesus, if you're watching online and you're ready to receive the forgiveness and salvation of Jesus, we're going to close our eyes and bow our heads And if that's you this morning, just go ahead and lift your hand up.
We're going to pray together in a moment. Amen. Yes. All right. Let's all say this together. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and for taking my sin. I know that you rose again and that now I can live with you forever. Thank you for being the best friend I'll ever have. I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I pray over everyone listening today, where there are hurts, Lord, where there are those people who have not received the healing needed to even want the type of friendship that we've talked about today. God, I pray that you would pour out healing, that there would be breakthrough in every part of their hearts. Lord, I pray that you would show us who those friends are that we should be seeking out. Lord, I pray that you would send friends in to seek us out. God, I pray that you would make every one of us better friends. Lord, make us humble and pliable, able to grow together. Lord, I pray that you would bring joy in through these friendships, that these friendships would refresh our souls. Lord, where there's been loneliness and bitterness, we cast it out and we receive your joy and your peace and connection. God, I pray for emotional nourishment over every one of these friendships that's coming. In Jesus' name, amen.